If I can get all my buttons pushed. Good morning. Happy Father's Day to all of you out there. It is a beautiful, windy, crazy, windy day in Oklahoma. It sounds like a winter storm brewing out there, but I know it's not because it's hot. And uh, we are midway, a little bit better than midway through June and already got August temperatures, so we're doing really well. Went from uh, an extended fall or, sp or early spring temperatures all the way to screaming hot right off the bat. So well, we hope you are having a great Father's Day. I... Uh, was going to continue on with our kind of our, our theme that we have going with our with our guide and and our adventure that we're we're have been walking through on Sunday mornings, but I really just felt led to come about with a different message today. I normally um, I normally don't do um, messages that fit the day, you know, like a Mother's Day message, a Father's Day message, a Christmas message, ah, you know. It, but but I do always follow what I feel God puts on my heart. And I believe this is this message is, is very pertinent for today, even though it is going to be considered probably more of a Father's Day message than, than anything I've ever done. Um, but I believe there's importance to it. I think there's something to be said about uh, men taking their rightful place, uh, not only as fathers, but just simply as men of God. Uh, you may not be a physical father today, but you may be a spiritual father to those around you. Keep that in mind because it, it actually weighs out a similar um, in life. So what I want to do is, is we're going to jump into this message. I'm going to give you a little bit of history. Some of you have heard my history before, but I, I just feel like it'll kind of set the tone maybe for what's coming today. Um, but I titled this message today, Father's Say. Father's Say, not Father's Day, Father's Say, uh, with it being a Father's Day message. Most of you know some about my story. Um, I lost my dad when I was 13 years old. Um, he and I were actually playing basketball together at a little armory about 150 miles away from home. Um, we were in a little town called Craig, Colorado, where he was working. We lived in Colburn, Colorado, over on the Grand Mesa. My mom had stuck me on a bus um, on a Wednesday evening, and, and I rode a bus up to Craig, Colorado to spend a couple of days with my dad. He would come home on the weekends and go up and stay all week and work. And So I had opportunity. I was out of school a couple of days. Uh, this was in March of 1977. So I got to drive up on this bus to Craig, Colorado, and uh, my dad got me there at the bus station, and we hung out and, and, and ate tacos that night at a little taco stand, favorite place to be there. And the next day he had to go to work, but, you know, it was cool. We had plans for Thursday evening to go hang out and do some things. And it just so happened that, that it was snowing. Uh, imagine that. It's Colorado in March, <laughs> and it was snowing very heavily. Great big old flakes coming down Thursday morning. About 10 o'clock in the morning, he showed up back where, where we were living, where we where he stayed during the week at a, at a gentleman's house. He rented a, a bedroom from him. And he said they'd shut the plant down, sent everybody home because of the weather. And, I, you know, after thinking about that down the road, I, mean, I thought it was pretty cool. I was a 13-year-old kid. I didn't know any better. Today, I think I know better. I, <laughs> um, they don't shut anything down in Colorado for, for snow. I mean, it snows all the time there. They're prepared for that kind of stuff. But anyway, they sent him home. So we spent the rest of the day together, had a beautiful day, lots of fun, went and hung out and done things and went and found us a needle to air up a basketball. And, and of course, we made our way to the favorite little taco stand on Thursday evening for dinner and a uh, little family owned restaurant there in Craig. 
had dinner and then we we just went next door to was an was an old armory national guard armory that they turned into kind of a youth center or a or a family center if you will for craig and um we we hung out today at all kinds of games and and tables and, and basketball courts things like that so we started playing some basketball somewhere in the midst of that evening um i heard a noise and turned to see my dad laying on the floor and um a couple of boys jumped in started doing cpr on him and, and it was a very traumatic thing for me to, as a 13 year old to actually have to witness um I, you know i watched him load him in the ambulance and leave and i'm i'm by myself in craig colorado now the lady next door who owned the little taco stand it happened to be her boys who actually had tried cpr on him they came she she actually came over to see what was going on she saw the ambulance she knew her kids were there um saw what was happening actually went back and closed her restaurant and, and came and got me and took me to the hospital um, where I was told by the doctor that he didn't make it. Um, that lady took me to her house at that point. She knew my dad went to church while he was in Craig, um, knew he went to the little Assemblies of God church there in Craig. So she called that pastor um, and, and told him what had happened and told him you know where I was. So somewhere after the evening services for him and whatnot, and he got where he could, he came and got me, um, I don't know, maybe 10 o'clock that night, somewhere in there. But he came and got me and, and took me to his house where he made me a little pallet in his office, and I actually fell asleep waiting on my pastor and, and one of our deacons to show up to get me and my dad's stuff and haul us back down to Colburn. Uh, we got there sometime the next morning, and... Uh, Needless to say, rather tra- rather traumatic. Um, it, it ended our time in Colorado. We, my family, um, all of our family was here in Oklahoma. So, so mom elected to go ahead and sell our place that we had bought there in Coburn, and um, they did a big auction and a big sale, and then we packed everything up and moved back here to the Stillwater area in Oklahoma. Um, <clears throat> so it was quite an experience. It was it was quite a trail, if you will, through life, um, getting to that point. Um, about a year, uh, year and a half later, somewhere in there, uh, my mom had, had, we'd, we'd met a, a man who was a role ranger leader and things in our church and, and, uh, became just a super good dude to our family. And he married my mom he became my stepfather and, uh, Gary Martin became part of our life that was, uh, Man, I, I still to this day, I, <laughs> I have to question, I have to question sometimes, um, very smart man, engineer, um, spent his entire career in the cable vision industry and fiber optics and things like that. And very, very smart, very, very talented man, very mathematical minded. And I'm thinking, boy, he didn't figure the mind on this one very well. You know, he stepped into a family with, with, uh, two teenagers, uh, one being a very hard headed, rebellious young man and another being a, a, a girl, you know, a, a 15, 16 year old girl when he stepped into our life and, Boy, he had a challenge cut out for him, and and uh, but I will tell you, I actually have preached a message called "Twice Blessed," um, and I and I refer to my stepfather Gary in this very very much because I truly was twice blessed. I had a father; um, he was my hero uh, as a kid. Uh, he played Tonka trucks with me in the garden. He I used to have a picture somewhere of him and I out there playing with the big Tonka trucks, you know, moving dirt in the garden, and um, we hunted, we fished. I mean, we, you know, whatever, every boy's dream, you know, we moved to the mountains of Colorado and we spent time on the mountains and my dad was my hero. He, he was, he was the hero image in my life. And of course, at that age, 
I didn't know anything else. All I knew was who my dad was to me. I didn't know who he was to everyone else. And when he died, we flew back here to Oklahoma for the funeral. And it was basically, I, I remember standing as a 13-year-old boy in, this, in the uh, Calvary Assembly of God Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma at the time. It was standing room only. Uh, there were people everywhere. You know, my dad was, was I guess, well-known, well-liked. Uh, again, things that a 13-year-old boy really didn't understand or realize at the time. But as I look back on all of that, and I remember the faces of those people who were at that funeral that day and how many people were there, showing me just exactly how many lives that my father had touched over those years. Of course, we had a great deal of friends in, that we had developed there in Colorado that became very close friends with us, uh, very much family. So when 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 you know, Gary entered our lives, my stepdad entered our lives, it, it became a whole new life with a whole new set of friends, you know. And Gary actually became a very good friend of mine. Uh, again, he stepped into a hero role to a 14-year-old boy at the time who simply didn't know any better. I, di I didn't have any other, and he and he set tones in me. He never tried to take my dad's place. He never tried to step into that that father role. He was just simply my friend, and and he guided me through life. Uh, he continued to hunt and fish with me, and we we still do to this day. I I've got a photo. Actually, Chris has a photo. I think we all have one. They printed them up, but uh, we have a photo of of uh, myself, Gary, my stepdad, my son Chris, and his oldest son Ryder, in our penthouse deer blind. Uh, for one of the, you know one of the opening morning deer hunts when Ryder was just a little boy and I, I thought man what a beautiful picture um, you know just depicting the generations that come from that um, he has been my kids grandpa uh, he's he's the grandpa that they've always known he's he's the great grandpa to all of my grands and and all of my sister's grands and he he's just been a, a beautiful part of our family. And, and with all of that said, I, and, and with this being a Father's Day message, guys, if you again, if you're not a physical father, I still want you to continue to listen to this very tightly because I believe it's a message that you need to hear today in an understanding of what it means to be a father figure. You become the hero in the eyes of those that you're around, whether, whether it be just young men at your church, young kids maybe in a program that you're involved with, or just family or, or, or cousins or anything like that, you become a father figure. And I want you to understand that you have an impact on the lives of those that you are in front of. So with that, I want to, I want to jump into this message today called, called Fathers Say. And, uh, and, and I'm also going to lean a little bit out of the fatherly role into the husband, husband character as well. So again, gentlemen, if you're not married yet, pay attention. Because one day you may be, and this is something that you need to pay attention to as well. We've all heard that saying that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm not sure who came up with that, but nothing could be further from the truth. As a matter of fact, a reverse may very well be in order. A broken bone often will, will mend better with less pain than a broken heart or a crushed spirit caused by disparaging or hurtful words. And there is more obvious example than the angry and insensitive words that come from the mouth of a father directed to his child. Those are very damaging words. Insensitive and angry words that come. And man, you could turn this into a Mother's Day message too, ladies. So that you're not out of this thing. Don't, don't think like you point your finger at somebody because you can turn all of this towards you as well. So keep that in mind. 
But words that are spoken in anger or insensitive manner that are directed at our children or at anyone's child can have a lasting effect that we really need to pay attention to. As dads, we are entrusted with the physical, emotional, and spiritual welfare of our children. When we belittle or devalue the God-given characteristics of our children, we place weights upon the development of their self-esteem, their learning capabilities, and their view towards the world and their place in it. You understand that? By, by how we speak to our children, how we relate to our kids, how we handle them, whether it be emotional things, words that we use, it is going to have a, a powerful effect on their development of who they become in this world. Man, I could show you example after example of just exactly that. And I think many of you can think in your mind and see those very examples that I'm talking about right now. And you fully understand what I mean. I actually spent time in the juvenile detention center as a chaplain in Farmington, New Mexico, San Juan County, New Mexico. I saw firsthand how the impacts of lack of fatherly figures or the incorrect fatherly figure had on lots of young people, girls and boys. So keep that in mind. Even worse may be the epidemic of abusive and absentee fathers. The one common denominator of many of society's ills, pornography, human trafficking, abortion, rape, murder, alcoholism, teen suicide, and incarceration can be traced to abusive and absentee fathers. Again, back to that juvenile detention center, most most, not all, most all of those young people that I dealt with in that center came from split homes, mostly being raised by their mothers and their mother's boyfriends, <laughs> most of which were very terrible circumstances. So, so keep that in mind. Men who have failed in their responsibility and duty as fathers are the single greatest problem in society today. Guys, that's, all, that's on us. Men who have failed their responsibility and duties as fathers are the single greatest problem in society today. We, we have, oh man, I'm going to have to be careful not to get away from my notes because I have so many thoughts on this. We, we, have become, we have become a society that is so selfish. Even in our parenting, we are selfish. We expect our children to come out of the womb as as adults acting like adults uh, I, I actually spoke to to one some uh, many of them actually I've spoken to many people to to keep in mind that, that those are only kids they're, they're just kids they're gonna act like kids we, we've lost our, our patience we've lost our parenting abilities because now it just simply becomes this screaming match of yelling at our children and yelling these things at them because they do things that we don't think they should. But yet they don't know better yet because they're just kids. And man, I, I really didn't intend for this to become such a heavy message today. But, but for whatever reason, this is the direction that God's sending me. So you're just going to have to put up with it. If you don't like it, I guess you can turn me off. But, but, but keep in mind that, it, that we set the tone. And our children... Are going to are going to become more like us than than maybe we have any understanding of. Not, I, I can tell you just like any other kid, you know, most kids will tell you, "Well, I'm going to be like my parents. I'm going to be somebody different." Probably not. You're probably going to have a lot of characteristics just exactly like your parents. 
and that can be good or it can be bad. But you're going to have to set the tone. And I'll tell you this. If you had bad parenting, you don't have to follow their footsteps. You can break that mold. You can break out of that generational curse, if that's what you want to call it. I struggle with that word personally. But you can break that mold because you have a choice in who you are and how you treat people, how you treat your children, how you treat your spouse, how you treat your friends, or even your enemies. It's your choice. Check this out. Those fathers who have spoken words of encouragement and love to their children, mixed in with some good common sense, have sown into their hearts and their minds the necessary ingredients for reaping healthy identities and self-images. These things that will propel them to success in their life. Man, when we speak love and encouragement and, 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 and common sense, Man, our world lacks so much common sense right now, it's pathetic. We, <laughs> we, we put so much weight on simply what we've seen on social media. Man, use some sense. God gave you a brain. Learn to operate it. Learn, learn to, to manage it. Learn to think for yourself and instead of allowing this world to think for you. Because listen, this world is a jacked up place. And the messages coming out of it are worse than I've ever seen in my life. You do not have to follow the ways of this world. God has given us a, an example of what it means to be a father. He's given us an example of what it means to be a parent, a friend, a follower of Jesus Christ. That's the example we need to live by, and that's what we need to teach our kids. Our kids don't need us yelling and screaming at them all the time. They need an encouraging word, and they need, they need examples of how do I walk through this jacked-up mess this world has brought to me, even as a child. They need to see mom and dad walking through this mess appropriately. And, and it's hard. I, man, I'm telling you, I know this is a hard thing. <laughs> this is not a simple fact, and it's getting harder every single day. But we have to do it. It's our task. God's given it to us. In Ephesians 6, 4, there's a rebuke or reproach for fathers to not exasperate, which that's a big word, exasperate, but it means to irritate, frustrate, annoy, infuriate, anger, enrage, etc. So don't anger, don't infuriate, don't annoy, don't frustrate, don't enrage their children. Fathers, that word is to you. Don't cause your children to to be angry, infuriated, and frustrated. Now, they might get mad at you because you've set down a rule. You've laid down the law of your home. Now, there's a difference here. But I'm talking about provoking your child to anger. Don't push his buttons just to see him get mad. That's dumb. And and you know what? I'm, I'm guilty. I know I am. You know, my son, uh, <laughs> oh, God love him. It's a wonder he's still alive sometimes. I think back on things. Now, actually, my kids were very good kids. They uh, they they grew up a very hard life. Um, I'll tell you right now, to grow up a preacher's kid is a very hard life. Um, I did not. I was a deacon's kid. We're usually the cause of the preacher's kids being so mean. Um, but my children grew up with me being a youth pastor in, in a ministerial role somewhere. That puts a whole other weight on our kids, um, and it shouldn't. It, it really shouldn't, but it did. My 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 son, my first. I, I took a youth pastor's position in Durango, Colorado, for for Pastor Stan Formby, his wife Gail, back um, 
1997. We moved to Colorado in September of 97. So in so probably somewhere 98. We climb in the in the truck to go home for the the afternoon after Sunday morning service. We get in the truck and and we're we're you know getting ready to pull out of the church parking lot. And my son asked me a question. And he was uh, middle schoolish age at this point maybe, and he asked me this question that I will never let go of. I'll never forget it. And I have I have preached it. I have talked about it. I have said it many 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 times. But this is the question or the comment that he said to me. He said, Dad, how come you're one person with us and another person in there, referring to in that church? Man, that hit me like a rock. I mean, he literally might as well have just chunked a rock and hit me around the head. It messed me up. It made me angry because I didn't want to be that guy. But I was guilty. I was treating my family much different than I was treating those within the church walls. I was being more careful with the ones in the church walls than I were with my own family. That's messed up. Pastors, that's messed up. Men of God, that's messed up. Our families are our families. We're to lead them, not degrade them. We're to lead them, not step on them. We're to lead them, not overrun them. Not to treat them less than anyone else that we're dealing with. Our our children and our wives... Our spouses need the exact same support as anyone else in that church body. And I hope you take that to heart because it's a truth. It's it's a hard truth, but it's a truth. I, I tried desperately to change my ways. How well I did with that, you'd have to ask my kids. I, I know I failed miserably multiple times with my family, especially in this realm. But I want you to understand that you don't have to. It's taken me years to reach a point to understand some of the things that that I'm trying to teach you now. A modern translation of that same scripture says, Father, do not provoke your children to anger. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. There is discipline that comes from God. There is instruction that comes from God. But think about how Jesus would provide that. How would he provide the discipline? Well, honestly, we did see Jesus with a righteous anger where he cleaned out the, the temple court from, from what he called thieves in the temple court. So, so there's, a, there's a point for disciplinary actions. Could include, you know, I mean, the Bible talks about spare the rod, spoil the child. That's basically talking about correction. Not beating, it's talking about correction. So, you know, my, my children grew up. I grew up. My mama carried a switch. She carried it to church. She looked like she had a whip antenna sticking out of her perch every, purse every Sunday morning going to church. And I usually learned about it at some point on a Sunday. Um, that was my mom's favorite tool of instruction was a peach limb switch. Um, my children learned what a switch meant. You know, I, I, my children grew up with discipline. Unfortunately, in this world today, we we lack that discipline. Um, We've allowed society to dictate to us what that really looks like or means. And unfortunately, we have seen the abuse of that as well. But but proper correction will bring about really solid young men and women. I look at at my children raising their children, and and I see that correction going with them as well. It's a learned behavior from them. You know, unfortunately, they fight hard against the society, but but I've got great grandkids. They're they're you know, 
Some of my friends have got good kids. You know, I, I had people tell me all the time I had good kids, but it's because they were raised with a respect. They were raised with some common sense and they were raised with authority. Fathers, don't stir up children or anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Bring them up in the ways of the Lord. That's the key ingredient here. Notice that discipline and instruction are not associated with getting your kids angry. It says don't anger your children, but bring them up with instruction and discipline. Disciplining a child, they may get mad about it, but that's that's different than provoking your child to anger. There's a whole other wall in there, and you need to understand it. Just the opposite, God's ways of instruction and discipline are kind and gentle, achieving positive results in the hearts of children as they mature into well-balanced adults. Basically, what fathers say will determine their child's way. What a beautiful statement. What fathers say will determine their child's way. How you approach your child, how you speak to your child, will very much determine the way your child enters this world and continues on with his fatherhood or motherhood. What about how we speak to our wives? Again, gentlemen, like I said, we can put this whole thing into a Mother's Day message. We can put this whole thing into a spouse's message. We, we need to be speaking to our spouse the same way as, as being instructed here for our children See, as a father, as a man of God, you are not, or even if you're not yet a father, our duty, our obligation to speak encouragement to those around us, to bring correction if needed in love, not in any form of anger or malice. How do you respond to those nagging questions rolling around nonstop out of the mouths of your children? How do you respond to that? Tommy Tenney, one of my favorite writers, depicts an imagery in one of his books that I absolutely love. He'd been gone for many days. He had a young daughter. He gets home from, from one of his long trips, and, and all he wants to do is just relax, unwind. Guys, we know what that means, right? Been a long day. Man, just let me sit down in my chair, put my feet up, take a deep breath. Well, Tommy had sit down. He was reading the newspaper, and his little daughter was climbed up in his lap, and you know she's just like, hey, Daddy, 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 look at me. Daddy, Daddy, look at me. Daddy, look at me. And finally, because he's not paying her any attention, she finally reaches up and she takes his face and she turns his head and she says, Daddy, look at me. And he said the minute she did that, she could ask him for anything in the world he'd give it to her. But he reflects on, on how that's how we should be with our Father, God. That's how we should be with our families. See, when we have, when we have the gaze of our Father on us, We've got his favor. When our children have our our gaze, have our attention, they have our favor. When your wife has your attention, she has your favor. When your husband has, wives, when your husband has your attention, he has your favor. It's, there's a, there's a, there's an equation to that that we need to understand. We need to pay attention to our families. We need to pay attention to our children. We need to pay attention to our spouse. We need to pay attention to those in authority over us. Give them what they're due. Respect them. Respect their authority. How do you respond to those nagging questions? It's real easy to just get mad and yell at them. (laughs) I mean, that's what most of us do, right? 
but that's not what it's supposed to be. Teach them. Teach them to wait their turn. Nothing wrong with discipline. Nothing wrong with correction, instruction, but do it in a godly manner. If, if we start yelling at, at our families, what do you think they're going to do with theirs? It's just going to carry on. Stop that gene right there. Block that thing. Listen, if, if we're going to call ourselves followers of Christ, we really need to start acting more like him in our response to things, even when we may not like it. Let me ask you a question. Today, what one thing can you say to your children, to your spouse, to your coworker that will encourage them toward a positive outlook on life? What is something you can say to your children, your spouse, those people around you, the rest of your family, your extended family, your friends, coworkers? What can you say to them that would that would encourage them toward a positive outlook in life? We need to begin to speak positive things over our family and over those around us. It's what we're called to do. What we say, fathers, what fathers say has an impact. It has a bigger impact sometimes than we even realize. Man, I know this has been a different kind of message. I, 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 I'm not going to apologize because I know God's the one that sent me this one to, to deliver. Um, hopefully you can gain something from this. Do something about being a father. If you're not a father yet, set in place right now how you're going to react. Get out of this world's mindset and get into God's because this world's on a spiral, man. <laughs> it is like a snowball running towards hell, just as simple as that. We're not going to have to deal with this much longer as followers of Christ. I believe our time here is short. Utilize it to draw people unto the Lord. That's why we're here. I saw a quote earlier today, and I'm going to close up with this. I thought this was incredible. I actually put it on my story on Facebook. Dads, you are your son's first hero and your daughter's first love. Mm. That carries a big stick right there. You are your dad or your son's first hero and you're your daughter's first love. What is she going to learn from you? What is your son going to learn from you? How, how, how do you treat your, your, your wife in front of your children? What do they see? Because, see, that's you're teaching them about their future. You're teaching your daughter what kind of man that she wants in her life. And you're teaching your son what kind of man to be for his wife. Listen, guys, it's powerful, but it's also very, very effective. Be a man of God. Be a woman of God in front of your children. Let them see you speaking to the Lord on a personal level. Teach them. Train them up in the ways they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. It's scriptural stuff. Can't get any better than that. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Thank you for, for letting me preach a hard message um, on a cool day. <laughs> I get to go spend some time with my kids here in a little while and have lunch with them after church and looking very forward to that and all the grandkids and uh, just uh, thankful that I have a family who is intact. I have a family who fights their way through this world and its mess uh, and who are fighting to serve the Lord every day. Um, God bless you guys. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love for Rhonda and I. We love you. Uh, we pray for you. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for, for your financial support. We need it. Uh, we have lots and lots of goals. We're not anywhere near meeting the goals that we've set this year. 
Um, thankfully, I'm able to work some right now. We've got had a little bit of work to do, so I'm able to pour back into the ministry as well. But thank you for what you have given. I pray that you continue to support us in every way that you can uh, as we continue to do the things that God has given us to do and push this ministry forward in his way uh, and in his timing. So God bless you guys. Thank you again for your gifts, your offerings, and your love and your prayers. Uh, we'll come back on Warriors Way number five coming up Wednesday night. Hope you're following along with those. I have already got an entire new series ready. We've got three more night or three more weeks of uh, Warriors Way, and then I'm going to kick into a whole new thing, and it's awesome. I'm excited about it already. So God bless you guys. Have an incredible Father's Day. Uh, go hug a father's neck somewhere today. Treat somebody nice. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. We will talk to you again real soon. And uh, may all of you have a very blessed day. See ya.